Hello everybody, it's me Ross and welcome back to another edition of the Kings of Anglia Fan Social. This week I'm joined by Chris Peachy Peach, uh, Matt Macon and good old Liam from Crew as we discuss all things town ahead of the final game of the season at Porton Road against Cholton. We've got a lot of things to discuss, so we're not going to muck about. Let's get right into introducing the men that are joining me. First up is good old Chris Peachy Peach. Chris, how are you doing, my friend? And if you're watching on video, here's a lovely backdrop. He's wearing a lovely orange number. He's got another Norwich... Uh, oh, no. Oh, whoa. Orange no- <laughs> whoa, 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 I go with this. Orange number behind him. Um, Peachy, how are you doing, my friend? Um, living the dream, as always. Finished work for the week now, so I've got four days off. Third appearance on the Kings of Anglia Social. Looking forward to a nice discussion with you, fine gentlemen. Indeed, and uh, yeah, I put myself in the mud there a little bit, <laughs> saying a team we shouldn't name. Um, hopefully, I stopped myself before I said the whole shebang. But um, hopefully, everyone forgives me listening. Hopefully, you guys forgive me as well. Uh, the next man that is joining us is good old Matt Macon. And I said to him prior recording, we're going to have a nice little feature straight away talk about Turnstile Blues because it is the last one of the season that is going to be sold on Saturday. But Matt, how are you doing, my friend? And plug, what's in this week's, this edition's of Turnstile Blues? Oh, thank, thank you very much for having me on, Ross. And much appreciated for the opportunity to uh, give TB a plug. So, yep, uh, third and final issue of the season coming out um, on sale outside the ground from 11 o'clock. Um, home, hopefully, uh, we might have some copies in the Greyhound uh, for anybody who's venturing there at breakfast just before we set off um, to Portman Road. So, um I've, I say I've purposely chosen the shirt hanging up behind me. Obviously, um, if, if those of you that have seen the, the cover trail um, on our Twitter, um, we've got an interview with Jason Dizel talking about the 91-92 Division Two title winning season. Um, we've also got some bits and bobs in there just about how wider why why that season's remembered so fondly by those that can remember it. Um, we've got some bits, obviously some more current stuff there. We've looked at um, look back at the first year of uh, Game Changer. Um, there's a nice piece that will lead into a bit of a conversation later, and I'm I'm going to try and pronounce this right because uh, the Hutch has corrected us. Um, Sean Aluko, <laughs> now um, we've got a piece on on him, and, and also obviously, and today being the the, the day, um, we've also marked the 60th anniversary of being champions of England um, with a piece uh, around Jimmy Ledbetter. Um, so yeah, uh, as usual, only a pound on sale outside the ground from 11 o'clock. Um, once they're gone, they're gone. Um, anybody who can't make it to the game, if you check out our Twitter, there was an eBay link gone up today. Um, there's a limited number of them available online, but that is a limited number. So uh, if you're not able to make the game, um, check it out there. But otherwise, we'll, we'll be in all the usual places near, near the three statues. Um, and one of us should be floating around outside the fan zone entrance as well. Um, so come on down, come say hello, pick up a copy of Turnstile Blues. Boom, what a brilliant plug. Um, yeah, go go and buy it. Why not? Bit of um stuff for you to read for the rest of the summer as well before going into next season. But um pleasure to have you on the show as ever, Matt. Um the final man that is joining us this week is good old Liam from Crew, who went back to his home land of crew on Saturday, seeing us draw there for the final away game of the season. But how are you doing, my friend? Uh, I wanted to ask you a question. What do you do with all the edits? Because you could make a very good, like, gaff reel, uh, end of season gaff reel, if, uh, if you've kept a lot of that uh, content. That might be uh, something you could do over the summer. 
Yeah, to be fair, there's there's a lot of that. Every video pretty much I do is probably a, a blooper in there, but um, it's hard to store it and remember to store it. As you know, I'm very, um, well, I'm not very organised <laughs> gentleman. So, um, but maybe next season we can, every just every every game, just remind me to put store it somewhere and we could hopefully have a nice, good old showreel because that would be, it would be crazy. That would be. Um, but thanks for that question, Liam. Um, anything else you want to add part of your intro or should we get right into our first debate feature of the episode? No, I'm 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 fine. Fine. Yeah. All good. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Let's get cracking then. Um now, a big talking point for the last <laughs> few weeks has been about strikers and um well, realistically, there's a striker out there that would love to, for to sign. Uh that will be a key position Kieran McKenna be looking at. Um so I've told a gentleman before recording, uh let them have a little think, do some research on what striker they would like realistically town to sign this summer. So, Chris, Peachy, take it away. You said you've got a few, but um, let us know who they are. Yeah, well, I think I narrowed it down to four. So, my four are George Hurst or Hist. He's on Leicester's books, but he's on a loan at Portsmouth this season. 45 appearances, 14 goals, four assists. My second one's Ryan Hardy of Plymouth. Um, 38 appearances, 16 goals, four assists. I think the one everyone would like, but is he a one-season wonder, in my opinion, is Cole Stockton. 44 appearances, 23 goals and four assists. And my other one is Sam Smith of Cambridge United. 19 goals and one assist. Out of all four of them, I think realistically, it would be George Hurst or Sam Smith. But I will go with George Hurst, 23 Still learning his trade. McKenna is, I think, he's going to be very good. Potentially young, well, younger players improving them. I say he scored fourteen, and that's in all competitions. And I, what I remember when he played against us, he's a big lad, so he can still fill out a bit. But I still think we're going to need more than different types of strikers. Hence, like with Sam Smith, he's a bit smaller, a bit more nippier. But I think he has played a bit of a number ten role for Cambridge this season. Then he's only twenty four as well, so. Also, I think Stockton, he'll go, I think he'll go to championship, like someone like maybe Preston. And I think with Ryan Hardy, it depends on Plymouth if they obviously get the playoffs and go up or if he wants to stay there because they are potentially building someone like us. But yeah, they are my four, but I'll say George Hurst would be my top target personally. I think that's um that's a good list. And uh, George Hurst, I'm looking up, you know, he's on loan course currently at Portsmouth from Leicester City and he's 23 and he's probably thinking, is he gonna ever going to play for Leicester? It seems like it's not going to happen because no. uh, Leicester have got other, well, they're in Europe at the moment. Um, and is it going to be a permanent sign? Can be, will he be signing on loan? Because that would be another thing. I'm sure Kieran McKenna will be looking at loans, but surely permanent players as well. Um, so is George Hurst, is that a permanent signing or will it be a loan signing? Oh, I think permanent because then like, He's at that age of his career now where he might want to try and find a club like with a three-year deal where he thinks I can, you know, settle somewhere, set an area, try and improve. It's a, I think when players go out on loan, they haven't got the security of thinking, right, where am I going to be next year? Am I going to break into like potential first team of like Leicester? Or am I going to, you know, just be another loan to another club? Perhaps, you know, sometimes players want to settle down and just, it, I think that helps personally. I think so too, definitely. Um, so that's there you go. That's Peachy's list. Let's go on to you then, Matty boy. Who are you got on your list for strikers? I think because I should have gone first because I've got three, but <laughs> three out of the four that Chris has just said. So I mean, I mean, the obvious one is is, is Cole Stockton, really. He's 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 the hot 
sort of the hot property at the moment at this level. Um, uh, George Hurst is probably one that's only sort of come onto my radar recently through sort of chats and some sort of, some sort of tenuous links on Twitter. Um, so obviously, sort of not a no, I don't know a huge amount him so about him so far, but again, possible uh, a hot prospect. And and there's a there's a very petty little part of me that would like to because I'm Portsmouth if they're going to try and sign him permanently as well because not that I'm still bitter about the home game anything <laughs> like that um and then and and hardy hardy was the third one for me plymouth uh, i've got plymouth links in the family um my family's from down that way originally so i've got some 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 janners in the family um and i know my uncle's up visiting recently and he's about but again chris makes a very good point it's plymouth seems to be building something obviously um they're, they're potentially going to be going into the playoffs um so, and if they don't go up, does, does he want to stay on for the project? It, it, it was a difficult one to pick one out because I think we're all still working on the presumption that this, the system we're playing at the moment is what McKenna is going to want to play. Um, and, and is that his preferred style or has he just sort of been playing to the, um, and I think and Stu said it on the, on the pod earlier today, has he been playing to the best attributes in, in the squad or not? So it's, it's hard to know what kind of striker McKenna's gonna want um so yeah but those, those definitely I mean guns guns my head it is again um it's probably Cole Stockton for me I want to continue talking to you Matt about Cole Stockton because yeah obviously this year he's been fantastic for more he scores some absolute weldies as well mm-hmm. um this is his first season in league one he scored 17 goals in all competitions he scored 13 goals last year as Morecambe got promoted some people will be worried it's a one-season wonder. Can he really make that step up for a team? Because, well, it could be a sort of similar signing to, say, Joe Piggott. Joe Piggott was playing for a struggling Wimbledon side. Of course, Stockton was playing for a struggling Morecambe side who were still trying to fight to stay in, in League One. Um, so some town fans will go, yeah, he's been scoring goals. He's proven goal scoring in League One. But is he that right man to lead us to, to the playoffs? It, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, if Paul Cook was still here, I would say maybe not. But I think Kieran McKenna's the sort of coach that, that might be able to get the best out of him and, and, and further his game. Um, he's still quite—I can't remember how old he is now—but he's still, obviously he's still quite young. And I think twenty-eight. I don't know. I'm thinking. I'm thinking of George Hurst. Yeah, okay, she's not. He's, he just turned twenty-eight, so he's just hitting, yeah, he's, you know. Yeah. 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 Well, it's, it's old for you, isn't it? But. <laughs> <laughs> He's still, he's still good enough for me. Absolutely, but I mean, I think, yeah, yeah, I think McKenna's the right sort of coach to get sort of more out of him and say, okay, this is what you've achieved so far, and this is sort of this we're going to sort of take you on to, to the next stage of your career. But I mean, t- to be honest, it's 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 nice to have a choice out there, really, at the moment. And I think whoever we target, um, we are and we are still probably in a, in a an attractive option at this level. Certainly. Definitely. I mean, he's, he's very similar mould to James Norwood. Um, you know, James Norwood sort of has done the same route as Cole Stockton. You know, he, he basically fired a team to, to League One. Um, of course, James Norwood came to us and he's done what he has done. Um, but yeah, mm. Cole Stockton, definitely a player that I'm sure will be on a lot of teams' list. And I think Peachy's got a good one there in terms of Preston. I think Preston will definitely be looking at him because they're, they're up there in Lancashire. Um, so there we go then. Liam, over to you. Um, the floor is yours. Um, are you on the same wavelengths as the boys in terms of strikers or have you got other some other strikers up your sleeve? 
I've got two completely different ones. Um, so I, I, I would say that they both have to be fees. So that could be the down mark against them, uh, depending on how much we'd have to pay. But um, one of them is uh, Johnson Clark Harris from Peterborough because I, I, Peterborough are getting relegated. And how much further can he go with them? Um, that that's that's the thing. He, he has he has scored eleven goals in thirty eight appearances in the championship this season. So, I mean, it's not brilliant, but he has um, he has hit a little bit of vein of form recently. Um, but overall, he's got forty three in eighty three appearances for Peterborough, um, and obviously the season that they got promoted um, that we all remember because we got absolutely destroyed at Portman Road um, he scored over 30 goals that season in League One so he is a proven striker at this level I think the biggest issue against him might be attitude which might be something that we'd have to wait and see on but he's certainly a proven striker and I think at, at this level um, it, it would be worth the investment it just depends how much Peterborough would, would be willing to to listen to, I guess, uh, how much they would want to listen to Ipswich, how much they're, they're going to put forward. The other one is a bit left field, um, is coming from uh, my uh, Scottish side. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, is Kevin Nisbet from Hibernian. Now, whether that is feasible or not, I have no idea. But he is a very good striker. He's, he's scored a lot of goals in all the clubs that he's been at. OK, some of them have been in the lower leagues of Scotland and it's not the highest quality. But um, it's been a pretty remarkable rise for him. So <laughs> he's still pretty young and he's recently been um, put into the Scotland national team. So he is an internationalist. So... Uh, that's that's probably one side that could be an issue for him. That would he get international call ups, regardless of it being Ipswich from League One in England compared to being in the Premiership in Scotland? Um, I don't know if that would if that would um, cut his chances there. But and he's had an injury at the moment, which has kept him out for most of the second half of the season. But he is a fairly young player who's got a lot more to give and he will end up in England at some point. He will move on. Um, I, I imagine he will. Um, whether that's through the old firm, which sometimes is the way, or whether he'll come straight down to England, um, I'm not sure. But he probably will end up at England in England uh, at some point. So he's certainly a player that would score a lot of goals at League One level. And then I just did a bit of digging um, at players who, because obviously we need a main striker, but we also potentially are going to have at least one more come in the door. Um, so I was having a look at um, all the outer contracts that potentially um, are going to be around this summer. And a um, mixture of uh, a few championship and a few league one, um, one of them, Sam Vokes. Now, whether his age would count would not be something that McKenna would 
go for, but he is experienced and scoring goals for Wickham at the moment. So it could be could be someone to have in the squad to help us get out of League One. Right. He's um, 32. He's 32. Yeah. No, he's, no. <laughs> um, Youngin. There's that Michael Smith. Michael Smith of Rotherham, who we were talking about a few weeks ago. Um, about the amount of goals he scored. He's going to be out of contract. Now, whether Rotherham would tie him up if they do finally get promoted this weekend. Um, but he's uh, another one. Um, just uh, just a, a little funny one. Uh, a certain David McGoldrick is out of contract at Sheffield United at the end of the season. <laughs> a little, uh, little homecoming. That's just a cheeky one. Um that there are there are a number of players, Connor Washington, Callum Patterson, um, whether they would be the sort of players we would look for, I, I don't know. But some of them might add a bit of value, a bit of experience um, as maybe a second or third choice in the squad and something a bit different. Um, and there was just one other name that I had, which wasn't a striker, but it interested me. But obviously, we're going to be looking potentially for another midfielder. Um, and Joe Allen is out of contract uh, at Stoke City at the end of the season. Um, and that could he be, could could he drop to League One? He's, he's getting on a little bit now. Maybe drop to League One, be part of the, the project um, at Ipswich. bit like his uh, Welsh counterpart who went off to uh, Portsmouth that we were chasing Last summer, and I can't remember his name now. Um, Morel, was it? Morel? Yeah, Joe Morel. Yeah, that's yeah. it. So it could be that that he might be uh, quite a a decent midfielder uh, to add uh, in the summer on a free contract. But again, it's it's just a just a suggestion. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be many podcasts, many features that we'll do ahead of um, the summer transfer window. I'm sure there'll be loads of different names getting chucked out and uh, we'll mention many players out of contracts. I'm sure that that will be still a market that we'll be looking into because I know we've got money now and we've got the new owners backing us, but I'm sure they'll still look at those markets. And I'm sure Mark Ashton has got his dashboards and highlighting different players. And I'm sure there's many strikers on Kieran McKenna's list of players he wants to bring in and I'm sure we'll we'll bring you many videos and content throughout that but um, there we go the strikers debate striker talk starts here I'm sure many other debates are going to be going throughout the summer but let's talk about one man that is going to stay here for another season that is good old Sonny Aluko or Shawnee Aluko whoever whatever you want to call him call him what you want um, but he's going to be here for another year and um, basically his contract's been triggered after amount of appearances he's made um, I want to go round the table round the room Round our internet chat, whatever you're going to call it, um, and get their thoughts on it. So, uh, Chris, over to you, uh, Sonny Luco, for another season. Where were you in terms of before this got triggered? Were you happy for us to take the option, or where are you going? Goodbye, Sonny. Oh, 100%. I think I said a couple of times on game day, keep him because his experience is invaluable, in my opinion. Um, I say he's, only, he's played. I think it's on thirty odd games, three goals. But it's his other like his control on the ball is brilliant. Like he gets the ball like in centre mid, he never loses it. I mean, I think when I've watched him, he's had one bad game, and that was when he was unfit against Newport County. So and I, he's obviously, I think I said in the main pod, he's not going to play as much. He's not going to be a regular starter. But to have him in around the squad and his experience, and he's, I think he's handy to bring on. Like I remember when he started at 
Cambridge away this year, a lot of fans are going, oh, why are they starting Sonny Luka? He's useless. Bangs in two. And like, I must admit, when we first signed him as a three, I thought he'll be a bit part player, but he's actually been a valuable member of the squad, in my opinion. One of his best games, I thought, was Sunderland at home. He played really well. He was untouchable. And I'm drilling him away. And I know people say he's got no assists, but he's got what people call the pre-assists, which I'm not a fan of, I'll be honest. But he, he does dictate play well. And one person who's very happy is my wife, because she, for what a fan of Matt Holland I am, that's nothing compared to a fan of Sonny Aluko or Sean Aluko that she is. But overall, I'm really happy that he's staying because I think he's a brilliant player. There we go. He's, he's only been here for a season and he's already got a big fan club. It's it's great. Of course, a lot of people chanting <laughs> his name. Um, and yeah, as I said, I think his experience is very valuable. And of course, there are some people will mention like, oh, you know, he's stopping the growth of some of our younger players. He is 32, 33 now. But I think what this team needs is experience of getting out of this division. And I think that's a, I think that was a good idea that it was triggered because other appearances made, but um, you know, I'm sure he won't start every week. He'll, he'll come here, here and there everywhere. I'm sure he'll start some games, come off the bench in other games, but no. Um, well said, Chris. Um, over to you then, Matt. Where are you in this debate on Sonny Uko going to be here for another season? I'm really happy with it, to be honest, Ross. Um, in terms of Chris, I, I was saying beforehand, yeah, let, let's keep him. Because, I mean, even if he doesn't play a massive amount of football, I think what he contributes off the pitch and in the dressing room um, will really be invaluable for the team. Kieran McKenna spoke quite highly um, of him in terms of sort of his um, his demeanour, his manners, or his professionalism, you know, and that that kind of uh, example there for the younger players um, is, is invaluable, really. And like Chris said, I mean, yeah, you, know, you look at sort of the cold hard stats, and yeah, it's it's three goals, you know, and that's it. But it is so much more about what else he does, and it's those things that aren't necessarily captured in in metrics in football and the control and the way he distributes stuff. And um, uh, I mean, Cambridge, I was there at Cambridge away, and he was he was absolutely brilliant in that game and he has been and like I said the way he the way he can sort of pick the ball out of the air and control it and, and recycle it and distribute it yeah I think uh, another year what's what's not to like about it really um he's 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 an infectious character as well you you just want to see him do well you know and he obviously he obviously loves it here he, he's he's become a fan favorite very very quickly um and that's especially after I mean, I didn't go to that Newport game, but from all accounts, he was rustier than an old four Cortina. Um, but he'd had no real preseason to speak of when you look back on it, and and you know, where he's come on since then, yeah, yeah. I think have, just having him around the club, um, and if if he's going to use that as an opportunity to sort of move into a coaching pathway as well, um, that's probably really good for him as well because to work under somebody like Kieran McKenna um, at this point is, is is not a bad not a bad thing really. Definitely. And um, Liam, over to you then. Uh, your final say on this. Uh, it's not guaranteed he's going to play week in, week out. Um, but Sonny Luco for another season, what are you saying? Uh, I, I, I um, say everything that the boys have said. I think, um, I think overall, I think it's about characters. And, and he has the right character that McKenna likes. He's an experienced pro, someone that I think he can trust in the dressing room, um, and and look, his his ability on the ball is still still brilliant. I mean, he, he had some players, he had that ball on the string 
part of the part of the times he's played this season. Um, he, he is he has completely gone against, I think, what most people thought, especially after that early start against Newport when everyone wondered exactly what was the point in signing him and then he backed it up by being very, very rusty. But he's actually turned out to be probably the most pleasantly surprising positive of the season in in the way that he's been this season. And, okay, he may not have massive numbers back it up, but remember, he's in a rotational. He's not hasn't played all the matches this season. He's in a very competitive area of the pitch where he's got two much younger players uh, in Selena and Chaplin um, fighting for those number 10 spots. Um, and he is going to, and he'll be the same again next season. He'll be on a rotational, maybe even more, more so um, and less game time. But I think overall McKenna sees him as someone who's going to be good for the dressing room uh, and he can use that experience. And it wouldn't surprise me potentially if there isn't maybe some kind of um, coaching side to this, but maybe Aluko might be helping out a little bit behind the scenes, um, maybe with some of the younger age groups, um, because I, I think, uh, I think this, I think he's a very, very, looks like a very, very nice bloke. And I think, I think uh, he's a very good person to have around. Indeed. Well said, my friend. Well, let's um, have a little pause here and uh, give a shout out to our sponsors at manscaped.com. Of course, use the code KOA to get 20% off and free delivery and talk about silly stuff. It's time for the strike. Um, let's get into it then. Uh, Chris, Matt and Liam go face to face to see who's going to be crowned champion this week. Um, let's get cracking then. Uh, four questions, a tiebreaker if needed. Uh, we will use the tiebreaker because you got to, haven't you? You got to. And who's going to gamble this week if they're in front and uh, they fancy basically taking their lead away on just one stupid, silly question? So then, boys, are you ready to go? Let's do this. Okay, question number one is on the game against Charlton. Um, now, how many times have Town won against Charlton at home in 27 games? 27 games at Portman Road. How many times have we beaten them? Um, of course, we're playing Charlton. We've got no, both teams. That are, nothing to play for. I think it's the battle for for 10th for town finish and Charlton are, I think, going to be finishing 12th. Uh, okay, then. In seven aside with the Charlton fan earlier and we described it as the deadest of dead rubbers. <laughs> yes, that is the word for it. Uh, the amount of times I said that on Saturday for the crew game, but this is probably, probably deadest of dead rubbers, as you said. But there we go. Okay, then, boys, show me who, what you're going for. Once again, if you get t- if you, the closest to the correct answer gets two points. If you get closest to it, you get a point. Let's see what you're saying. I'll go for 16. Oh, I've gone 16. <laughs> I've gone 14. Okay, then. Let's see. The correct answer is 12. Oh, 12 oh! points. So, Matt, Matt can... <laughs> That makes it one nil. What's up, Liam? Excellent. You... That that scribble there is twelve, and I scribbled oh. it out and went. No, you know what? I went sixteen. I've, I've already e- I've already exceeded my best ever score of zero on the strike, so I'm happy now. Everything from here is just luxury. <laughs> yes, my friend. Good start from you. Okay, then. Question two: 
is on a man that could what could have been, and that is Scott Fraser. Um, he's only played nine times for Charlton, but it's because he sadly he's, he's had COVID and he's also now injured. Um, we won't see him. Most likely, won't see him on Saturday. Um, but yeah, who set up Scott Fraser for his debut goal against Morecambe? Was it Chaplin, KVY, or Wesley Burns? Of course. Um, remember, um, it just out of nowhere it just decided to rain. And I remember just capturing pictures of just just loads of rain when he scored and celebrated. Okay, what's Liam gone for? Chaplin. I've gone for Chaplin too. Chaplin. I've gone for Burns, and I've got a feeling I might be wrong now. <laughs> yeah, sad to say, Matt, you are wrong. It is Connor Chaplin, so it is a one-one-one. All of you are now all square. Oh, this is gonna be this is gonna be interesting. Um, okay, question three is on Cholton and also Darren Bent. Yes. Course. How much did Shelton pay town for Darren Bent in 2005? Was it 1.5 million, 2.5 million, or 3.5 million? And Chris looks very confident. He's straight away on his paper. Before even the question got, when I mentioned Darren Bent, it was like, oh, what's he going with this? And then boom. So uh, you better get the spot on, mate. I hope so. Not... <laughs> it's not a right idiot. Yeah. I've Go gone on for 2.5 two, 2. million. All right, same here. 2.5 million. Okay. It is 2.5 million. So Chris and Matt have taken the lead. It's 2-2-1. But Liam, it's fine. We have a question four here. And um, you could get an opportunity here to basically square it all up. And we'll need the massive tiebreaker. Um, So as Matt said earlier in the episode, um, it is 60 years today. We're recording Thursday night. That town became champions of England. Now, how many goals did Ray Crawford score in the league that season? How many goals he score in the leagues? Now, now this is just the league, so it's not all competition, just league games. Because um, of course he did score a few more, I think, in cup games as well. But um, yes, yeah, so two points for the spot-on answer, one point for the closest to the correct answer. So if Liam gets it closest, he then gets the draw with all of you, and then we'll go to the tiebreaker. But if Chris or Matt get it right, then they win overall. Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Thirty-one. Twenty-six. Oh, my God. Well, no one's got bang on, but we are going to need a tiebreaker because it's 33. So, Liam, we're taking to a tiebreaker. All my days. Chris Peachy, Matt Macon, Liam from Crew, battling out on the final tiebreaker. And this man celebrates his birthday on the 29th of April. And it is Pim Bolkstein. Remember him? Good old Pim. Good old Pimmy. Um, Now, how many games did he play for town? So um, I think Liam has no idea who this is um, because it's before uh, his time. So oh. advantage, advantage, Chris and Matt. But then also, is it an advantage or not? Because uh, I'm not entirely sure there. to be. I, I don't know how many seasons he was. Was he two seasons? I'll, I'll give I'll give you a clue in terms. So he was he was here for two seasons, mm-hmm. but technically one and a half seasons because he went out on loan for the is second. This, is this league and cup? Yes, all competitions. All competitions. So, yeah, he signed in 2008 and then he went out on loan to Brentford. Going to ask what year that was. (laughs) Yeah, 2008 to 2010. I'm having an absolute guess guess at this and I'm going 30. Uh, 30, okay. Yeah, closest to the correct answer gets the win. I've gone 33. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm 
I'm going to put random guess at 25. Okay. Well, someone is spot on. And that man is Chris Peachy. It's 33. Oh, Fantastic. Oh, well done, mate. Oh, what a guess. That is fantastic. Great work, Chris. Great work. Really I'm good. impressed I got like, within three, to be honest. I'm just happy with that, to be fair. I started yeah. to put on the CV. <laughs> yeah, definitely, mate. Definitely. Um, there well, we go. Speech, my friend. What what you got to say for winning this week's strike? Well, it's probably one of the greatest moments of my life. Probably just below my wedding day. Yeah. Which I, I celebrate our anniversary tomorrow, six years. So, But this is definitely up there with that day. So obviously, I'd like to thank my friends and family for supporting me through all this and yeah proud proud moment in my life <laughs> definitely definitely it's everyone's proud moment when they they compete in the strike but then winning the strike whew, what a moment that is um but i hope you've enjoyed um listening at home um this week's strike let us know how you got on hopefully you did play at home uh, but liam matt thanks for taking part a good attempt from both of you definitely liam who is pretty much always at a disadvantage because of his um many not many years of supporting the club but always good to have you taking part Liam as always now on to some more serious stuff um well somewhat because um it's a dead as the rubbers this weekend but before we get into having a look at Charlton what we'd like to see let's talk about our best and worst home games of the season it's been some bleak moments at Bourne Road this year but it's also been some good moments because it's been a season where we've been able to be back in the ground as well, like the Morecambe game. And it, of course, also the pre-season games. It was a fantastic moment being back at the stadium after the COVID season, the lockdowns, I follow campaign. Um, that day at Portman Road's opening day was fantastic. Um, but Chris, over to you. Your best and your worst home game in a season supporting town. Okay, well, my basically, I've done my choices over teams that have mainly done, without swearing, poo housery, we'll say. And also, like the best game I've, my best game I'll cover how I feel coming up. Put my in a year, and my worst, like annoyed. I'll do my worst game. If that's okay first. Yeah, there was, there was a few up there, but actually the one that stuck out for me, and I come out the ground so peed off, was Oxford at home, nil nil. It was just their constant cheating. Well, say yeah, cheating, just diving, poo housery, embarrassing. I remember there was one moment in injury time where the ball come in. And Bond literally just taps their keeper. He falls straight to the ground, clutching whatever part he thinks he's got hurt. But I remember leaving that game and I was just so angry all the way home, getting back to Newmarket. I was just didn't say a word in the car, just sat in front of the team all afternoon, all, all evening, didn't speak at all. I was so peed off. My best home game of the season was actually, because it's been a, like I said, there's been a few, obviously Donny, Fleetwood last minute winner. But it was Accrington Stanley for me. Because again, they came down, they sort of falling over, cheating. They went one nil down. They were winding the clock down. So they were one. We went one nil down. They were winding the clock down. They were falling over. I mean, their midfielder Sullivan. He spent more time laying on the pitch than he did actually on his feet. And to come out of there and beat them two one was like a massive sort of finger saying, "Up yours." The football team won today. Not the women. How can I put it? Rug. Well, I wouldn't call it a rugby team actually because rugby's a honest sport. But yeah. They were my favourite games, like I say, because like Oxford, I come out the most angry, and Acton, I come out the most, yet yeah, have that. What great choices, very good choices indeed. And yeah, the Oxford game, oh. And of course, it was boring, boring Oxford. That was the chance. Oh, because every were... time, just touching, they were, like I say, they didn't know what part of their body to, because I always at my arm this time, my leg, oh, I'll, just hold, I'll just hold everything and see how I get on. Yeah. Hate it. Sorry. Yeah. 
it's fine. It's fine. Of course, it made it worse when we then bloody conceded a last-minute equaliser against them at the Kazam. It was uh, just sort of broke double. Broke it pretty Still much. not over it, Ross. Let's not yeah, talk about it. Still not over they it. were doing that Leave there it. as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well. It wasn't as bad as a home game. Oh. No, no, <laughs> it wasn't, but okay. they were still falling over. Yeah, oh, yeah, pretty much. But old wounds, we've still got old wounds from that because that pretty much killed our season. Um, right. Yeah, anyway, enough of that. <laughs> Matt, um, best and worst home games this season. It's been a few at home, definitely. Yeah. I'll, let you, I'll let you take away. Yeah, I mean, definitely that Oxford at home game was the, the, the first one that, that came to mind for me. It was just so... In fact, again, going back to the 7 side group I played with, one of them's an Oxford fan, and he actually apologised to me after <laughs> <laughs> hey, Funny enough, he apologised to me after the game at Kassam as well. Doesn't make it nice, actually. I was just like, oh, just be horrible about it. No, don't don't, don't be nice. Don't be honest about it. Um, yeah, that one... <sighs> Pompey at home as well, similar vein. That was that was horrible, and uh, that flashpoint with with Thompson and and Cowley on on the touchline just uh, was just again poo-housery. You know, it was very much that they, they 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 didn't want to play football that day. But really, it, it's got to be Bolton at home for me. That was just bloody awful, really. Um, and it was very much almost started to deflate me. You know, we come in, we go back in the ground after COVID, you know, we've got the change in ownership with all these signings come in and you think, oh, this is great. And, and we don't have the great start. And then it was part of that, sort of that stop-start momentum that we had under Paul Cook towards the end of his time here. And yeah, it was just, it was just terrible because we just, we just absolutely got schooled, really. I think, particularly in that second half, and it was, it, I just, I was embarrassing. You know, normally coming out of the Churchmans, you know, you, you get sometimes you get a bit of stick of the away fans coming out of the turnstiles, and you, you give a bit back. Generally, I just just head down and straight on because I was just that bloody embarrassed. I, I had nothing to come back to on that. Um, best one, I get um, Burton, Burton at home in February. That was good. That that was a nice kind of assured controlled performance but Donny for me Donny was just fun and it it was just bonkers because you forget actually it really all kind of kicked off in the second half it was all really (laughs) the the madness was particularly condensed to the second 45 minutes and it was it was under the lights you know and there's that great picture of Macaulay Bond celebrating you know that that was that was the, the lock screen background on my phone for a good month after that game and that was, even though it kind of, again, it, it kind of meant that we were still having that stuttering sort of form, but there, there was just something, it's, I always think back to uh, that Sunderland game, the, the penultimate season before we got relegated, season Sunderland got relegated from the championship when we, we beat them 5-2 under the lights. And again, there's just, when, when you get a, a, an odd, crazy scoreline at a night match, for me, there is just there's just a special magic about that. That if we'd beaten them six 0 at three pm on a Saturday, it's still been great. But it's just something about about it being under the lights for me. Um, so it's got it's got favourite one. It's got to be Donny. Just take it in isolation from the from the rest of the season. It was it was it was a fun old evening. Sort of sat there on the bus on the way home, going, that, did did that really just happen? <laughs> you know, it was very 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 weird, but good. <laughs> yes, it was. And it's great. Always grew to see a, a player score a hat-trick. And Lee Evans, what a knee slide. That was, that was right in front of me as well. It was just beautiful. And uh, and then Paul Cook told him to too far up the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you look back on that in hindsight, and that might have started to be the problem about the rigidity of the Paul Cook system. 
Yeah, a little bit. That is probably the only highlight under Paul Cook is that game. Maybe one or two other games, maybe. But um, but yeah, probably the um, only one at home. The other the other yeah. big ones were away, weren't they? they were pretty much. Um, and Liam, technically, our home form has been pretty decent. Um, if you really look at it this season, I've just looked now. A lot of draws in there, I have to say. Um, we're not. This is minus the FA Cup games and the other cup games, but we've won ten, drawn nine, and only lost three. So it's not too shabby. But what is your best and worst home games this season? Well, I mean, the Oxford one is a honourable mention because it was just, <laughs> it wasn't very good, was it? Um, just a lot of gamesmanship from them. Uh, and and as Matt says, the Bolton game was a bit of a an absolute annihilation. I would probably put Rotherham in there as well because there was nothing in that game, absolutely nothing from town in a full capacity. We were so, so out of our depth against Rotherham that night. Um, and they only won 2-0, but they didn't have to do anything to win 2-0. Um, but two of mine, for different reasons, um, one is the FA Cup game uh, against Oldham, which was just... A horrible day. Um, it was it was such a poor game. There was less than ten thousand in the crowd, so it was like being in a morgue. Um, and of course, season ticket holders decided they wouldn't turn up for that game, and so you get people sitting in different areas that they probably wouldn't normally sit in. And I decided to go in my own seat. Uh, and I took uh, took Paul with me, and we were basically surrounded by a load of teenagers who were basically just kicking over Coke bottles and making everywhere all sticky. Um, so with the football being terrible and then having that around us, it was just a pretty, pretty just awful day. But the game I would say for me is Cheltenham at home with the nil-nil because we played so well for 45 minutes and absolutely battered them and we came away with just a single point and for me it's just that feeling coming out of the ground afterwards that for me was was when it kind of you just felt it's not going to happen had to win that game and we were so much better than them and we ended up running out of steam and that's basically been the way our season's been. We, we have moments where we flex our muscles and then it, it we just run out of steam and we throw away points uh, in games that we probably shouldn't have. Um, but going on to the best ones, um, well, it's got to be out of two, hasn't it? Um, as Matt says, Donny, Donny was just fun. Um, first time I've ever seen six scored in a single game. So... Um, that was fun, but I mean, you can't you can't take away the Fleetwood game, can you? Um, you, you just cannot be a last minute winner. Um, but for, um, it, it, six goals is brilliant, but the euphoria, the absolute buzz you get from a last minute winner, and obviously Brett Johnson being in attendance that day as well. Um, the whole build up to it, it it, it just the it absolutely exploded when Selena hit the back of the net in that game. So, um, yeah, for, for me, 
for me, I'm going to say Fleetwood just to be a bit different, although both were as good as each other. Definitely, yeah. I think we've always... A season always has to have a late winner in it. I think if you don't have a late winner and you're just disappointed, the season's been a disappointment. And of course, the season has been disappointing because we're, we're finishing 11th, 10th, whatever it's going to be. Um, but you always want a late winner. Um, there we go then. Best and worst home games of the season. Port and Road's going to be a fortress again next season because there's a mouse season tickets we're selling. Um, there's going to be 25 plus this Saturday for a deadest of dead rubbers against Charlton, which is just madness. Um, let's talk about it briefly because, well, it's nothing to play for, but it's um, the final time I'm going to be at Port and Road for a little while um, until pre-season. But Chris, are you looking forward to it? It's going to be another lovely day, but um, it's going to be one of those days where what, what could have been, but... Um, it is what it is. Hopefully, on to next season. Yeah, I think at the start of the season, we all look at this game, sort of like, could this be the day we perhaps clinch promotion? We might have already got promotion or playoffs, but unfortunately, it hasn't ended up like that. I think Saturday's either going to go one or two ways. It's going to be a, like, a bit of a boring pre-season feel to it or like end of, like, end of season, end of term sort of game where we're like 1-1, 0-0. <laughs> obviously, we'd all love a win, but I'd just love us to go out there and put on a real show. Like players, you know, this is us. This is what we're going to be doing next season. You know, three or four nil. I'm not asking for much, but I'd also I'd like to see perhaps a couple of youngsters on the bench again, like Cameron Humphreys and Tawanda Chereo. I hope I said that right. But you know, see them, mate. yeah. Like, <laughs> but hopefully, yeah. All I want is a, it's a big crowd as well. And like, if we win that game, people who've been coming here and then might think, oh, I might get a season ticket next year now, or I'll come back more. But like. Admittedly, the crowds have been brilliant since McKenna. Well, I think it's been brilliant all season, but since McKenna, I think every home game there's been at least 20,000 Ipswich fans there. That just shows that's how I'm going to help bigger club we are and the fan base we've got. So I say I'm hoping for a win, just a good performance. I don't want these like lackluster games. I'm sat there looking at watch going, oh, only 10 minutes left for five minutes left. Yeah. I'm ready for them. But yeah, just go out and a, go out and a win. That's all I want. Please. Yeah, I think that's- yeah, please, please, pretty, pretty you, please, pretty please. Um, but no, it's gonna be it's gonna be a weird occasion, Matt, because it's gonna be twenty five thousand fans there. Um, I'm actually got a nice little plug here. Um, my, my sister's taken my nine year old niece. This will be her third game, but um, I've got her some tickets. Um, and you know, it's just inspiring the next generation of town fans coming to the game. I'm sure there's gonna be a lot, maybe a lot of just new fans just going to the final game of the season. You know, nothing to play for, but. You know, looking forward to the future. What what are you wanting to see on the final day of the season? Sadly, for the first straight season, League One, there's nothing to play for, but um, hopefully, a lot of positivity. You know, over the over the hill. It's the big eleventh v twelfth tie, isn't it? Or no fixture? It's not a tie. It's not a cup competition. It's a fixture. <laughs> um, yeah, I hadn't actually realised just quite how far. I knew Charlton behind us, but in twelfth, but I hadn't realised the points gap. Even if they win, we're still going to finish <laughs> like eleventh. Um, it, it, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'm the same as Chris. I'd like to see us um, go out uh, on a bang. Uh, I went to the under-18s game last night, actually, and um, Gerrera, he was very good. He was very good. Um, he scored He scored two goals. Um, he scored a penalty that he penenkered. Um, uh, in 12 minutes in, um, uh, we won a penalty. Cough player got sent off, and it absolutely just floated it. Part of the keeper went the wrong way as well. It floated it, and you thought, Oh, just just get 
him a wheelbarrow to get a certain part of his anatomy back off the pitch afterwards, <laughs> you know. That was phenomenal. Um, sadly, he, he, we then won another penalty not so long later, and I think he got into his own head after the first one. Um, uh, Nico Valentine followed it up. Um, but yeah, there, there was a few good young players there last night. I'd like to see them, so at least, even if they don't get on the pitch, if they're in and around the squad for the last day, I think, certainly haven't come off the back of winning the um, the uh, PDL Cup last night. You know, that's... Um, that's a good bit of experience for them. Um, there's not much else to say about it. I'm, I mean, one thing I want to see is sell out Turnstile Blues. There we go. Second plug. <laughs> and, uh, no, but all joking aside, it, it, it just a, a nice day out. A, a, another good atmosphere, I think. I think Chris hit the nail on the head there. The fact that the crowds are coming back in and more and more and more. And the fact that we've got 25,000 in for the deadest of dead rubbers is is nothing short of them. There's a real kind of feel good factor around despite it's been disappointing on the pitch again and we're going to be down at this level uh, for another season you know it, it kind of feels off the pitch things things are going right and, you know we've had a year just over a year now of game changer um and i really there, there's a more of a buzz around the club now you know and despite sort of the, the season has petered out a little bit um it feels like we're going into something big next season and I don't think it's a false dawn this time. You know, I think we, we've kind of got all the right sort of pieces in place now, and it, it very it feels very similar to to the sort of the mid to late nineties, which was sort of my my childhood growing up. You know, when we we had everything in place off the pitch and on the pitch with Sheepshanks and Burley and and Roberts and everything. You know, and that we, we were building to something over that time. It feels like we're building to something. Now the, the big unknown is exactly what happens in the summer with with transfer policy and everything. And um, but yeah, if we can catch another another good day out, hopefully the weather will be nice. Big crowd, um, decent performance. You know, we really we really should just be just playing with with the brakes off at this point. You know, um, we can go on to seventy points, finish the season. Yeah, we're going to finish actually lower than we did last season, but I feel better about it than I did this time last season. Um, and to be fair, we're still going to finish this one. This is a bonkers division this season. I'm looking at the table now, and potentially 82 points is not going to be enough to get you in top six. <laughs> that 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 is bonkers. I mean, Plymouth Argyle are sitting there on 80 at the moment. Um, we, we're ahead of Wickham on goal difference, you know. Um, and like I say, one, one of them wins, you know, and it's 83 points for sixth place. You know, it's it's just mad so hopefully it's not gonna i think if you go look back through all sort of like the third tier tables for the last uh, 10 years i suspect this is probably a sort of a higher than average points total to get into the top six hopefully um we'll see a little bit more normality but yeah just just a grand day out hopefully the sun will be out enjoy it um and sort of sort of build up and ready for those big crowds being the norm again next season when all these season tickets were selling Indeed, indeed, and yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a bonkers League One next season. I feel as well because you've got other, you know, you've got Barnsley, Derby, Peterborough coming down. There's other teams going to be strengthening, but you know, Derby's the massive be. unknown because yeah. we don't know what's happening with their ownership structure, and they're gonna, it's going to be. I mean, their rebuild is going to make our rebuild last summer look like kind of yeah. a little bit of a minor shuffle, isn't it? You know, and yeah, there's there's that unknown as well. Yeah, and. Um, Obviously, you've got Forest Green Rovers coming up, Exeter coming up as well. You know, it's it, it's it's going to be. I've got a feeling. I'm going. I'm going to say it. I think it could be an exciting season. I'm hoping it's exciting for the right reasons, but 
yeah, it's going to be, it's, it's not going to be boring, put it that way. No, it's definitely never boring as an Ipswich Town fan. And um, Liam, over to you then, my friend. You've been lurking in the shadows. If you've been watching on video, I've just been watching your light go in and out. But doesn't matter, <laughs> doesn't matter. It's all about the voice. Um, but how are you feeling going to the final game of the season? Nothing to play for. Players on the beach and all that sort of stuff, all the cliches. But hopefully we finish the season on a high. Uh, I'm, I'm just looking forward more to McCurry, I think. Uh, I'm hoping to see a good end to the season um, but whatever will be will be I I, want to be excited and hopefully say it's going to be an exciting end but I was sat in the away end at Crew on Saturday and it was drab Um, so a lot of it I just don't know if I can see anything different uh, for, for the Charlton game um, but there's nothing riding on it. Uh, I said this about the crew game, but it was disappointing because you've got players in there who are potentially playing for contracts and it, it just didn't look like... Um, they just didn't look like they were that bothered, some of them, um, which is a surprise because some of them are are in that unknown for next season. So, But, hey, it's, it's, it's another dead rubber. Um, great crowd again, um, and I'm sure we'll get a, a good appreciation, give a good appreciation to the players at the end of the game, um, and just look forward to the summer. And as everyone has said, look forward to next season because, like Matt, I think I think we've got to be excited about what's going on next season. Um, just because I think we need to see that this is. A bigger, I think it's been a bigger rebuild job than I think a lot of people thought. I think a lot of people thought when we bought so many players last season that it was going to be a, a we were going to be straightforward, not straightforward, but we we were going to be up there, um, and it was going to be great week in week out. And it's actually been more of a struggle, I think, than a lot of people have actually expected. But going into next season. We don't need major surgery as we did in the summer. We just need some fine tuning with extra players in certain positions, but will add a bit of extra quality. Um, and then we'll look a lot better balanced side next season. So, so I, I'm excited for next season. Um, it, it's just going to be weird on Saturday because for the three seasons we've been down in League One, this is the first season that we will have completed a season with us sitting there in the last game of the season. First one, we got cut off in March. And, and second one, we weren't allowed in stadiums at all all season. So uh, it'll feel a bit a bit strange, but um, we're actually completing a League One season with people in the ground. So, um, but yeah, if, if we can get a nice 3 or 4 nil win, as, as Peachy says, then that would be, that'd be lovely. But um, uh, whatever happens... It's all about next season now. Indeed. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a, sorry to interject, but I think that's a really key point. It, it, whatever's happened this season, you know, the fact that we've been able to be in there for for twenty three home games this season, um, 
you know, looking at it, the bigger picture, that's that's just been brilliant, really, for this season. We'll, we'll remember that the season so we were able to get back in the ground. You know, I, I, despite the results on the pitch, I think we all missed it and, and the rituals we all have on game day. I agree. Yeah, I think it's um, like, Chris, you're, you've, been, you've been involved now with game day and the fan social. So that's just mm-hmm. part of your game day, you know, ritual as well. But it's just been yeah. fantastic once again, just... Being back at games, away. We'll, we'll do a mate, you know, big season review talking about the low points. But there's been so many high points in terms of us being back at home games, back at away games. It's just been a fantastic season in terms of that side side of things. I agree. I think like I also was looking at the bigger picture as well. Like during the, uh, I call it the iPhone season. You know, I'd sit at home watch watching it. I started watching it downstairs through the TV on my laptop then because I was swearing too much, shouting. I got I moved upstairs, and obviously when we were losing. Obviously, when me and my dad drive home and my wife drive home, Lauren's quite quiet. But if we've had a bad game, me and my dad are ranting at each other. But after I follow games, I'm sort of like in the room just going, okay, who can I? But the big thing for me was just being back. That, that first game of the season, because a lot of my friends are from Ipswich, like, so I used to see them like, on like Zoom, but actually seeing them at games, going to the pub, pre-match rituals, it was just, you realise how much you missed it. And obviously, making new mm. friends this season with... You find people as well. It, it's a big part of life, in my opinion. In my opinion, like football's a big part of everyone's life. Sometimes you love football. Sometimes you absolutely hate it. But it's always there. That makes sense. That wasn't... Yes, mate. That, that, that was that's touching. That's yeah, touching. it is. Yeah. yeah. Marvellous. <laughs> yes. It's, it's, it's a social thing, isn't it? Football. Football, you, mm. you might have your club and, and you, you one week, you're absolutely on the high, and then next week you're you're as low as anything. Football is such such a a roller coaster, but the the most common denominator thing about football is you meet people and you get to create good friends and and um, make up really really good groups of people. So. Um, it's all part of that, and I think we've missed that. And it's all about the day, isn't it? About the going to the pub and mingling and pre and post match. And we missed a lot of that. Um, I, I suppose the I follow season pff, football, <laughs> we, we can largely forget most of that. So it, a lot of us, though, are missing that interaction. So it's been great this season to return to that and I've been to a number of away games this season more than I have done any other season and it's it's been fantastic um so uh, roll on next season and hopefully hopefully we, we will be having something to celebrate at this time next year hopefully um well it's been another fantastic show, gentlemen. Chris, Matt, Liam, thanks so much for joining me. Um, any other business? Um, Chris, anything I should like to add, my friend? No, not really. Just everyone enjoy the game on Saturday. It's going to be a 3-0 win or a boring 0-0. Yeah, typical town to do that. Um, but there we go. Matt, another plug for, for TV and uh, any other business? Yeah, um, just Mark, obviously, in addition to the, the final home game of the season, um, for the men's team, it's the final game of the season away for the women at Portsmouth um, on Sunday. And so, obviously, sadly, they've missed out on, on the league title this season. Southampton will be going into the playoff against Wolves for a spot in the championship. 
Um, but I think, um, and again, it's, it's something I've touched on my piece um, in terms of blues this time around has been um, sort of a review of um, the women's team first season um, in the third tier. Of, of women's football, you know, I think the fact that we're, we're guaranteed top three, um, we're still in with a shout of uh, top two. Oxford only managed to draw against Southampton in what sounded like a bit of a barn burner last night. Um, so all we've got to do is match their result to finish second, you know. To do that in the first season, you know, it does feel like a bit of a disappointment because we, we were top of the table for quite a while, you know, and it, we were looking good for it at one point. But I think we can be in, incredibly proud, whether it's second or third, wherever we finish, you know. Um, so I think um, hats off to those. I mean, I, I, I sadly won't be able to make the, the drive down to uh, Haven't and Waterlooville FC, um, but hats off. There's been a, a dedicated crowd, as Ross, you'd have known from, from your own travels. You know, there's a dedicated crowd that have been following that team. Yeah. And despite we play in a regional division, there's been some miles put in this season, you know. So, um, yeah. you know, been... looking, forward, looking forward to being back at the Gold Star. Um, next season to uh, to cheer on the women as well. So, um, yeah, the usual plug for the women's team, you know, if you haven't been down to the Gold Star, you know, obviously next season, get yourself down there. It is absolutely worth a visit. Indeed, and it was lovely to see. Um, and I was told a lot of good things on Tuesday night about, you know, the player awards. Both the women's team and the men's team were, into, you know, integrating for the very first time, really. That was the first time both teams were together. to see so, that. It was great. It was great. Um, it was great to see Bonnie Hallwood get um, supporters player of the season. Sadly, I missed the one league game I've missed since London Bees was the game they took the vote. But Bonnie would have definitely been getting my vote if I'd been there. You know, she's she's been absolutely sort of rock solid in, in the middle of the park there. Um, and the fact that that it just and that's another thing about the feel good for me. The feel good fact at the club is that the men's and women's teams are being treated more and more. Equally, you know, the fact that we've had that integrated end of season awards dinner, you know, and um, see Bonnie pick up supports man, Kyra pick up players player of the season and, and Tash picking up the corporate sponsors player of the season. You know, that's that's absolutely fantastic. So, you know, I think they're very much a, a championship club in waiting. It's just, it's just a it's just a shame that the FA haven't expanded sort of at the top of the pyramid and it, feel for Southampton in a way, just by being disappointed they picked us the title, that they could lose they could lose the playoff to Wolves and they could still be in the same division as this next season, you know. Um, so there, there's never been a greater time to uh, to look at expanding a women's game. But I have to get off my soapbox now because I've gone on about that for quite some time. That's fine, mate. Well, we're just hoping Southampton win so we don't have to play them next year. Uh, and then we can hopefully win the title, but we shall see. And if you haven't already, listen to Track the Girls Talk with me, Blue Wilson, and assistant manager Charlie Baxter. A lot of good stuff talking on there. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll travel boy this year. I've travelled with the men and also the women's team. I've gone up to Newcastle, gone down the Plymouth, done Morecambe, done Cardiff away. It's been it's been a great it's been a great season just being able to travel around the country once again. But there we go, Liam. Over to you to round off today's podcast. What do you want to say, my friend? Um, it's just a, a little plug from me yeah. for an event that is going going on uh, a week tomorrow. Um, neither market ladies have a county cup final. Um, it's been a great season. Don't you shake your head. Uh, <laughs> it's been a great season. Uh, they've been promoted um, up into the fifth tier now. So that's only two tiers below town. Um, and they're in the County Cup final for the first time without Ipswich in it, who have been battering everybody every season, um, against Sudbury. So it should be a, a decent game um, and hopefully the first time that we can actually win 
win some silverware. So um, if people are interested, then uh, tickets are, are only £5 and uh, come down to Colchester and support the ladies next Friday. I cannot get my head around that the County Cup final has been played in Essex. It, it's, it's happened before. Yeah, well, it, it, yeah. It, <laughs> it's Portman Road. Um, it's Portman Road's um, work that has done that. And it's probably going to be in Colchester for the next couple of seasons because of all the plans that they've got for Portman Road over the next couple of summers. So um, otherwise, it probably would have been back at Portman Road. Um, so, but they're doing work, I think, on the scoreboard, aren't they? So, yes, uh, they actually, was... the one, and I think it was on there. I know, I noticed last night the under 18s game, the one in the corner between um, the Cobbold and the Churchman's has gone uh, in preparation. So, um, the only scoreboard tomorrow is going to be the one that, on the front of the North Stand. It is, it is. Um, well, Chris, Matt, and Liam have been plugging anything. Do you want to plug anything? Not, no, not really. <laughs> It's fine. That's fine. No, it's fine. It's fine. That's fine. I knew. I knew Leon was going to chat the need a market um, plug in there, but it's mm -hmm. always you know it's a free platform. Say what you want to say. You can plug what you want to plug. You know, in some in some sort of reason, you can't just like plug random stuff. It's got to be you know somewhat related and stuff like that. But no, it's been another great show, gentlemen. Chris Peachy, Matty Matt Macon. Good old Liam from Crew. It's been another great show. Um, now, my time to do a shambles intro, outro, outro, not intro. We've already done intro before the show, Ross, you <laughs> idiot. Um, but yeah, of course, support our sponsors at manscaped.com. Use the code KOA to get 20% off and free delivery, of course. Make sure to subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. Also, follow us on all the social medias, not TikTok, because it's not a, a young person thing, but on Kings of Anglia and all the other platforms. Of course, follow Chris, Matt and Liam on Twitter and all that sort of stuff. If you fancy hearing more thoughts from them. Um, it's been another great show. Uh, make sure to follow the game with us this weekend with Andy and Stu's pieces, game day, Andy and Stu react and all the other bits and bobs. We'll be back next week to do a massive season review of the season that was, but it's been the most rollercoaster of a season. Um, but enough of me. See you all later. Thanks again for listening. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.
listening to Podcast. More great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.